Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast who are proud to be sponsored by the Insurance Practice. The team at the Insurance Practice specialise in family protection and life insurance. And who better to look after you and your loved ones than fellow Rangers fans? Listeners of The Gallant Few will get a free protection review, so get in touch with the team at www.theinsurancepractice.co.uk or contact The Gallant Few for more information. Hello and welcome to The Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Sean Duff and I'll be your host today as we discuss Rangers 2-1 win over Aberdeen, how that leaves us in the league for the rest of the season, as well as the theory that poor form doesn't ruin a season, but a trip to Dubai will. Joining me today is Ian McCready. How are you doing, Ian? Afternoon, all. And Graham Curry. How are you, Graham? Alfredo Tiamo. (laughs) (laughs) And... Making a return after a wee week's holiday yourself, Scott Hodge. I hope you weren't in Dubai. No, no, definitely not. No, just too hungover after the old firm there. So, <laughs> so okay. awesome. We'll let you off. Well, it's been a long week without a midweek game, probably the first in a, a good while. I'm sure Steve Gerrard and the coaching team would have loved to have been able to take a wee step back and get back to working with the players day in, day out. Scott, what was your thoughts on what you seen today? Do you think you, the players looked a bit, looked a bit rested? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think you could put it down to having a week off and, and no midweek game. I think um, we, we played well at times. I thought we controlled the game well um, until they until they get back into it. I'm sure we'll discuss it more, but I don't think it had much as an impact as I thought it would have. I think with a week's break, I thought we'd have seen more like with, with set pieces and more of 
you know, corners been mucked on and things like that. But that's what I was expecting to see today. But I didn't see as much as that as I would have. I don't think, I mean, obviously, Gerald said before the press conference, we had a few days off. But, I mean, yes, they did look fresh and hungry. But there was a couple of things that I think we could have done a bit better on, which I'm sure we'll touch on. Yeah. So Rangers lined up with Alan McGregor, James Tavernier, Connor Golton, Liam Balligan, and Borna Barisic as a back five. Steve Davis, Brian Kamara and Joe Aribo in the midfield three. And up front, Ken, Hadji and Morelos. No real surprises there as Ruth, uh, Ruth, Arfield and Ryan Jack all still unavailable. What I thought was really weird, <laughs> Stephen Gerrard mentioned that Jones and Edmondson were both uh, injured and unavailable for selection. That's like me saying I'm, I won't be getting halfway Margot Robbie because she's known a country this week. But <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Ian, it was a it was a very busy first half, and it actually got off to got off to quite a flyer. Um, I thought, from a neutral point of view, it was a decent game. First 10, 15 minutes, there was a lot going on. Morelos put a shot wide. I thought Aberdeen were getting us problems, Ian, and Ken had a really decent chance. What was your thoughts? How the first twenty minutes went? Any concerns? We bet. I, th- I felt we we let them have a, a really good chance with Cosgrove. Was it? And it was just a bit too end to end for my liking. You want to see us get on the ball and dominate. I, I just felt like we didn't control the game out like early enough. Like we like just before the penalty and the sending off, we we had started to take control of the game. Like you say, about the twentieth minute or so, we had, it was it was becoming m- more us. I felt the Morelos one within the first couple of minutes. I felt we should have done a lot better with that. And I say Cosgrove lets us off a wee bit by just being rubbish. So it was, it was a wee bit too end to end for my liking. I like to, for us to kind of take control and, and, and dictate the game rather than that end to end style. Graham, I think if we look at how we set up in Europe and even even the first half of the season when we were going to different away games like Aberdeen and Celtic, Rangers, Rangers have found a way to soaking up pressure but the, today and last week Aberdeen Celtic when we with two players up up top and sp- especially the first 20 minutes today I thought that causes a lot of they look to be on the back foot is this maybe something that we've no really experienced too much and the players are just having to adapt to playing against two strikers it was something that McInnes I was listening to his pre-match interview and it was something he did mention. He was making a point of that he was going to have, or it was, it was his intention to get playing in our half because generally speaking, we control the games as we've just said there. But it was a conscious decision by McInnes. So it might actually have been a gamble because if we could have got in behind them, and we did have opportunities, maybe not, you can't even maybe put the first minute one, the Morelos down to that, but... In the first 20 minutes, they were playing in our half and we were playing in their half. So it was obviously a conscious decision by McInnes and they wanted to do that. Um, And it just took us the 20 minutes to suss it out and then control the game in a more, a more, a a kind of European fashion that you mentioned there. So control the game, get the possession, make sure we've got the possession and we control the tempo. And that... I don't think we need to be concerned about that. I mean, they didn't cause us too many chances. The one that Ian mentioned it was Cosgrove and um, 
it was the boy Wright that had done. I, 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 the boy Wright had had put it into Cosgrove, and Cosgrove scuffed it wide. But other than that, there wasn't too many things to be concerned about. Um, we had our shots on target. We had Hadji who just hit over the bar, and they didn't that my short yeah I wasn't too concerned about it I think it would just need to accept that you know if they are going to come out and play like that that's fine because it will leave gaps at the back which we will exploit I think around the 20 minute mark was when you did see Rangers get a foothold on the on the game I know you mentioned the Haji chance there but Scott that was I think the first the first real like golden opportunity for Rangers of the game came in 23 minutes Ryan Kent I think the ball, Ryan Kent's opportunity, but I think the ball starts with Morelos. He actually plays a good ball in the Barisic, who manages to feed the ball in the Kent. Cut off footwork for Kent, and he gets the pass to Lewis, but um, old creator face Johnny Hayes is there. Right place, right time. Uh, I thought Kent had a really good game of the day. Aye, Kent was good, and I think in terms of that opportunity, the first thing I thought was Kent couldn't have done anything more. He delayed the shot going. He sort of dropped the shoulder. Do you know what I mean? Like he gave himself as much time as possible to put put it in the right place. But to be honest, there was I think there was two people, two people in the line. There wasn't much he could do. But he was he was taking people on. And in terms of that chance you're talking about, there he was he was so unlucky because he done everything right. He held the ball held the ball up really well. End of the day, it was a really good good block in the line. But obviously he got his um, he got his assists later on but um it was it was terrific today and I thought maybe that rest out of the team just gives him that bit of extra spark. You know, he was he was taken out against St Mirren. He's obviously played against Celtic, but maybe just that, you know, a bit of rest. He's had a full week and then the game against St Mirren he's had off. Maybe that's helped him he'll he'll be a bit more productive as well. Yeah, hopefully um if he can get to assess every game then I'm sure that'll that'll do his wonders. But so as much as Rangers were starting to come into the game, the game did really take a bit of a turn in 25 minutes. Brother Beaton, uh, he unleashed his orange whistle and declared the words we all love to hear. Penalty to Rangers. Yep, there's one for the Masons. So this was actually some great play, Ian, for the build-up to this penalty. It's Morelos gets the ball at the edge of the box and it's a, it's a one-two-way Aribo. And uh, Morelos running in. It's, I find Morelos, he doesn't shoot straight away, but he leaves enough time that, see, that way the, the goalkeeper doesn't know he come or not. And I think Lewis eventually does come, but by the time he gets anywhere near him, Ryan Hedges is tip Morelos. I think it was accidental, but it's a goal scoring opportunity, plus that Barnett he has no <laughs> red card for me. So, Ian. Gives your gives your thoughts on that. Yeah, I n- nice little build up that's that's got Morelos in to get him to spring the defence. Eh? He's he's in behind everybody, and it does what what most strikers will do at that point is he, he tries to kind of come across the defender who's chasing back and see it all the time. Like I mean, Tav got booked for it later in the game, didn't he? When Hayes runs across him, if you if you're in front of your defender and you make that move across them, a lot of the time the defender's not meaning to fill you, but just your your legs as you're running come back and tangle with his mean that he's going to bring you down and you're always going to get the foul and I think the rule is if he's not making an, an attempt to play the ball it's a red card so yeah for me definite penalty and 
going by the rules, it's a red card. I think it's a bit harsh on the red card. As I said, I don't think he means it either. Like he's he's just Morelos has come across him that wee bit, and he's just tangle of legs, and Morelos goes down. I completely agree, and I think um, see if you. I know we're going to come to it, but the main challenge, if you, you know, I'm more infuriated that that one's a red card than that one is. To be honest with you. I actually feel a bit of sympathy for him because he's. I almost feel as though he's trying to get the way of him to try and make a challenge, and he's in doing that he's brought Morelos down. And whether Morelos is maybe went a bit easy to go down or not, could he have stayed in his feet? I, 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 regardless, it's still a red card. I'm sending off, but I really feel it was. I felt I actually felt a bit sorry for Hedges, but by the letter of the law, as you see, and it's a red card and um, a penalty, and I'm I'm sure Graham. As the expert referee, you you'll agree with that as well. So just as, as you say there, somebody actually I can't remember who mentioned it, but on the the post match says if he actually makes a tackle, if he tries to make a tackle, even though he's he's not going to be anywhere near the ball, he wouldn't have been sent off. It's because he's made an attempt to make a tackle. It would be a yellow. So it'd have been better just kind of throwing his leg towards the ball. Is that right, Graham? It's, it's towards the ball. If he had made an attempt to play the ball, I think the wording of the law is um, that's when it that's when it would have been a yellow card. But he's not made an attempt to play the ball. I don't have any sympathy for him. Um, I, I I think that that's a dangerous thing to do. If you start then applying some sort of emotion towards it, then it becomes not what the referees are there to do. The referees are there to apply the laws of the game. The law of the game is that he has to be sent off. So. I've no sympathy for him getting sent off because otherwise what you can then do is you can start to manipulate that you can start to try and trip people up by an accident you know you can make it look as like an accident by cutting across people's heels so no I said definite penalty definite red card and no sympathy for him and this is my Maria, my Alfredo Morelos bias coming in again but I don't actually think he goes down that that easily I think it's just it, it looks maybe a bit easy the way he's went down when it's slowed down in the replays. But if you look at the speed he was rolling, it, it was quite quick off the mark. And that slightest touch, he actually puts his left leg onto his right leg. Um, so I, I don't think he intentionally went down. I think it was a genuine trip. Step, sticking with you, Graham, Scott mentioned about the Curtis Main challenge uh, towards the, the end of the half, which I'm sure everybody listening was infuriated about. Talk us through that and how the fuck he got away with a yellow. I think the the way that he's got away with it is because the referee is so far away from it. The linesman's not helped him. I think probably the linesman could have made a better decision. And I, I think this comes down to referee, the John Beaton today. He doesn't... He's not got an authoritative sort of presence... And that goes for the one for Tav's yellow card as well. Tav got yellow carded when I think he was just trying to assess the situation and what was going on around about him. Now, it is a yellow card. Tav is a, that is a yellow card because he's breaking up a promising attack. But I think being just sort of went with the flow and thought, right, I better book him rather than realising it was a yellow card and, and booking him. And that then moved on to the main challenge, which was... Cowardly, horrible challenge. It was a dangerous play. Studs, studs are facing him over the ball. He's either going to go hit his knee. I think he's actually tried to hit him three times, 
Maybe that's just the, the FOMO of it, but he's went to hit his knee and then he's hit his ankle and then he's went for his other leg. It's a straight leg challenge and it's a red card all day long. But the only reason I the only see that being a yellow card is because Beaton is so far away, getting no support from his linesman, and he's just seen that there's been a big fuss. Because if he's given him a yellow card, he must have seen something. You know, it must have seen such. So, what is it that he's seen that he think warrants a yellow card? And if, which I don't think he has, I think he's just went with the. He's been caught up in the emotion of it, and he's just um, he's realised he's had to do something. So, shout out to doing a red card and gave him a yellow. As a referee and expert, Graham, do you think, do you think that the fact that he sent somebody else off before that had any influence in that as well? You know, you can only ask him. I've no- uh. I don't know. I, yeah, I really just think he was too far away from it. He was yeah. too far away from it. He's not got an authoritative, an authoritative manner about him. But that should be a, a decision. I mean, all these decisions, you shouldn't be taking anything into consideration with what's happened before. It just should be, that's a red card challenge and you should be issuing a red card. Simple as that. It's a horrible challenge and it should be doing it to nine men. It doesn't matter if you're going to then ruin a game or you're perceived to ruin a game it's a red card decision and as I said about the penalty it's about applying the laws of the game that's what he's there to do so we'll jump back uh, we'll jump back 10-15 minutes to the actual penalty incident Ian and as we jump back to that a lot of Rangers dads up and down the country will jump back to last season shouting fuck's sake Tav Hopefully James Tavernier steps up and sends a keep sends Joel Lewis the, the wrong way but puts it wide of the post. Um he's rolled nine out of nine. Was he due to miss one? Well he's 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 his plan for this season is to stop ten in a row, isn't it? So <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so I I just think he didn't want ten in a row. Uh, no. Um I do you know what? A 90% strike rate. Of penalties, it's it's good going regardless of who you are. So yeah, let's hope it's a a wee blip and he doesn't have the same kind of. He had what, three last season or something, didn't he? Or two and one that was close to being a miss. So let's hope that it's just a wee one off. And you know, I wouldn't be. I'd definitely be sticking with him. No, no thoughts of changing the penalty taker again. As as he was, he's been. Perfect until now, so I a, a one-off blip, just like the St. Mirren game for me. It was his run-up that frustrated me. The wee two-step run-up. I hate to see it. I hate to see um, penalty takers doing that. You always think, just take a longer run-up, because it then gives you the opportunity to see what way the goalkeeper's going to go. That goalkeeper made an, a, an early decision, and he could have just rolled it into the bottom right-hand corner rather than, yeah. But yeah, it's hard to criticise when he's got such a successful penalty strike rate. No, I think uh, I don't think there's too much cause for concern right now. Uh, didn't he impact the game too much? And nine out of ten's not bad. I think going forward, he has to at least get it in target. I think if you're going to miss a penalty, you need to make the keeper work. But I'm sure he'll be listening and he'll take that in his training. He's got another. He's got another three midweeks. So James. Yeah, step up, pal. So the goal finally comes, Scott, 32 minutes in. Uh, I thought this was some great play for the midfield and the attack. 
ball goes out to Tavenier in the right hand side who, who cuts it uh, cuts it past his man, uh, gets to the edge of the box and he plays it back to Kent who's just at the edge of the eighteen yard line. Kent has a, a lovely pass to Morelos who takes a great touch, passes defender and puts it by Joe Lewis, one 0 Rangers. This was a, a really well worked goal and will do wonders for Morelos' confidence. Eh? Yeah, good good work on it. Even um even like before that and before the standing off, I thought we were really in control of the game. If the if the red card hadn't have came, I'm I'm still sure we would have came on and dominated the game and got a goal. I think uh, the the red card just made it a bit easier for us. But it was uh, it was a it was a great goal, good 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 link up play. Um, as I said earlier, Kent was outstanding and it was a really nice finish from Morelos. And we've not really seen him do that finish. I feel as though some of his goals this season have been. You know he's in the last man, but this one he had to like cut it by people, and um, it was it was a really good goal. And I was Morelos, as you say, he was man of the match today. He was he was in fire, and, uh, arguably the best that we've we've seen from him this season. Ian, what I really liked about the build up to this, there was a lot of a passing between the midfielders and the attackers kind of along the 18-yard line, kind of what you see when 10 men are behind the ball against his eyebrows. But the difference here was the off-the-ball running. I thought I thought we were dragging Aberdeen left, right and centre. And Hadji, who had a bit of a mixed game, he some of the runs he was making as well. Um, just before we move on to the second half, how do you think Hadji done today? Yeah, I thought he had a, a decent game. He's obviously he's, he's kind of one of these players that's in and out of the game, but I felt I felt he played all right. He was unlucky to get benched against Celtic because he, he's been playing well recently, and I, I don't think that dropped off today. I don't really to say that. I don't remember him doing. They had that one shot, didn't he? And I suppose he's he's also he made a good run for the Kent one that was off the line. Yeah, I, I definitely feel he's having an, an impact on the games uh, when he's playing now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think it was maybe at the start of the season he wasn't having any kind of impact when he was playing. Although he did score goals and assists. So we he, he like when you think about it, 
you look at them and you go, well, he's not doing much. And then you look back at it and you go, well, he's scoring goals and assists and I'm just totally contradicting myself. Uh, <laughs> but it just feels like he's not doing a lot at times. And then, like I said, I started there and I was like saying that he hadn't done much and then he's like, oh, the shot and then he's helped with the goal and then he's got the wee step over for the Morelos second goal. And when you actually think back about it and look at it, he's actually done quite a lot. <laughs> And it's until you maybe properly analyse it and start actually thinking about it, it maybe goes a wee bit unnoticed. And as I say, like right now, I'm I was I'm kind of contradicting myself by saying he's not he's not done much, and then just pointing out all these things he's done. Uh, I, I thought he had an excellent game today, actually. Um, One eighty, that was no. <laughs> but, but, but just as I say, you just start thinking all the things he's actually done and all, all the things he's contributed to the game, and he, yeah, he's he was excellent. <laughs> well, you know, do you agree with Ian McCready's bipolar summary? Or do you <laughs> oh, that's fair enough. Ian. No, he did play well today. I thought he was in about um, quite a bit, um, but yeah, one of the things I noticed, I don't know if anybody else picked up on it in the thirteenth minute. This is something that ever, ever, ever happens. Stephen Davis gave the ball away. Did you see it? He done a, <laughs> he, he done a Duffy, I think it's known as, where he actually seen a, he seen a white shot in row K and he kicked it into the stands. I think did, it's known as a Duffy. Do, did he not do that for the, the goal as well, perhaps? He was a wee bit guilty of losing the ball a wee bit. Yeah, maybe. Another one, just as well, with on the goal itself... Um, it was good to see Tav. He just turned his inside out. He's went in his arse so easily. Just with a wee simple drag back and he went in his arse. It was funny to see. I thought the pitch was a bit um, suspect. There's quite a lot of people slipping. Um, i seen Kent was um, slipping a few times as well in the first half. And as well, I think we got caught out with a long ball at one point as well. And I don't know if it was the surface. Balogun got caught underneath it. And I don't know if it was the surface that Put him under, put him under a bit of pressure or whatever, because yeah, he was a wee bit uneasy on his feet and it, it caught us out. But apart from that, it was a really good first half for us. So Graham, I'm going to stick with you. Uh, half time comes and goes. There is a bit of an announcement in Sky Sports News, which we will come to later on. But it doesn't take Rangers long to get the second goal. Again, this ball kind of. This goal comes from out in the right-hand side of Cerebro on the right wing at this point, and he plays a lovely ball in the Ryan Kent. And this is this is just speed of thought is excellent here, and the ability to pull off. It's a clever back heel to Alfredo Morelos, who fires it past Joe Lewis, 2-0. Um, this was a, such a well-worked goal. Well-worked from the whole team. This was built up and built up. I've not looked at it back yet, but I'd like to be able to count the passes. It was unbelievable amount of possession we had. And it was slow. It was patient, patient, patient build up until it went to Tav, who Tav then made a, a really quick um, one-touch, firm, crisp pass at Terrible. And that's what sort of generated the, the change in pace to allow that to happen. You're absolutely right. It's a ball into it from Aribo, and the layoff is really intelligent because he does. He's not looking. It's a no look pass, but he just has get the awareness that that's where Aribo is. Uh, that that's where Morelos is, and it's a, a nice turn and finish. 
a little bit of deflection on it. That deflection actually helps the keeper because if it, there was no deflection, it would have been going straight into the bottom right-hand corner. But yeah, a really good finish. It just reminded me of um, Rod Wallace's goal against Dortmund, nineteen ninety nine. Just in terms of the, not in terms of the actual finish itself, but the build up, the actual play that was just getting built up at the back, passing it to midfield, laid off, and it was just, it, it was just a well, well worked goal. Um, and it was just great timing as well. It's just exactly what we needed five minutes into the into the second half. Scott, this is at the start of the season. I think the vast majority of us seen Morelos and Kent as a kind of marquee players if they both A stayed at Rangers. I know there was interest on um, for both of them in August and B if they could continue the form. Fair to say that neither of them have really maintained the form that we expected them, but is this maybe a turning point for them? Could be, could be. I don't think uh... I think in terms of both of them, if if you were to say both of them have been poor, then you would you'd be you'd be being harsh on them. Kent Kent started brilliantly. Okay, maybe we've not seen Morelos the last season, but as we've all discussed, we've seen them in different ways. So it could be a turning point. It could be maybe it's a a winter break, which is uh, which benefits some some players, you know. Uh, but no, I've I've got absolutely no worries about them. Uh, the, the thing I said to you earlier though was, is Morelos just looking for a transfer and he's uh, try <laughs> try and get a couple of goals because he, he he played absolutely brilliant today. But no, but like, regardless of that, they're both playing really well. And let's hope that maybe it is a a run of so many games is caught up in them and. You know, they've got a full week now and hopefully the coaching staff will be a bit sensible with them. They'll give them tomorrow off and, you know, they'll be, be a lot fresher for the next game against Motherwell. I'm I'm more resigned to the theory that Morelos only scores for six months of the year and he was just waiting to, to start afresh in January. That's uh, what I'm going with. <laughs> Ian, uh, so we made it, I think, let's face it, we made it hard for ourselves. Haber didn't get a goal back. So the ball breaks for Aberdeen and I can't remember what player it was, but he's kind of running at the pace and Conor Golson manages to get to him quite quickly, but he kind of stops at the last minute and gives him space instead of tackling. And the boy plays the boy plays Matty Kennedy in, who's miles away. He's the wrong side of Tavernier and he's one and one with McGregor. This is it's uh, just kind of a calamity of errors for this. <laughs> yeah, I think um, from watching this, I think this is where Ryan Jack and his positional sense come is is we're missing uh, because if you, if you see it back when the ball comes through and you see Matty Kennedy's run, both uh, Joe Rebo and Tava well up the park, so Matty Kennedy's pretty much got the full left hand wing all to himself. So if Ryan Jack's in there, I think Ryan Jack covers that a lot better than Aribo does, and I think that's it's it's more that goal comes from Aribo being a more forward-thinking player than Ryan Jack is, and I think like we've mentioned it a few times recently about the crosses coming through wide, and I really do think now it's been shown up a bit more that how much work that Ryan Jack actually does and how much we're actually missing him. I think because I'm going to come at you, Ian, as well again because you're quite a big advocate of four-two-three-one. But you know when you think about that as well, like 
I think we'd be even more vulnerable in times like that as well, wasn't it? It's very good when we're, we're winning, but like you've seen how we can see it today. Imagine if we're four two three one and we had Aribo and not not that I maybe think that Aribo would play as the two in a four two three one, but sort of. I mean, if you know, if I'm Stephen Gerrard talking to you, you'd be like, "Well, if you want me to go two three one, and then it's, how can you play that when we're doing that?" Well, I think, as you say, it's, it's, it's different players in the positions if it's 2 3 1. You'd have, it would probably be Davis and Kamara sitting a bit deeper rather than just. So, what we've got now is we seem to have Kamara sits deeper than Aribo and Davis sits the deepest of the three. So, it's kind of almost like a, a tick. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how else to describe it. It's like Davis sits deep, Kamara's on the left but further forward and Aribo's on the right but further forward again whereas when Ryan Jack plays it's a V so it's it's much more balanced when he plays and if it's if it's the two that are playing it's just a, a, a straight across isn't it so I, I do you know what it's, it's until today I didn't think we were missing Ryan Jack that much and I think that goal when you just see how much freedom Kennedy has on the, the left just absolutely highlights how much we're missing. Just for the listeners' benefit there, uh, we do these, we record these on Skype video call and you should have seen Ian there trying to describe that. <laughs> it was like he took a, a dodgy pill at the GBX. Uh, it was fantastic. <laughs> Graham, so it was a after this goal, it was a very scrappy game, and even before this goal, Rangers were, it looked as if you're kind of taking the foot off the gas. Uh, I've heard, I've seen some people say that sometimes Rangers will drop to the level in front of them, especially when they're ahead, but I think we've seen it in St Mirren as well, when we got put out of the League Cup. Is that maybe what's happened? Have we dropped to the level, or have we just been complacent, or was it a case of Aberdeen, Aberdeen, Aberdeen done well to get into the game? I didn't think we were complacent, and I didn't. Um, I didn't have any concerns. But then I seen the post-match interview by Stephen Gerrard, and he is saying that we had dropped the levels and we were complacent. So I'm not going to argue with the manager. So, I, but as I was watching it, no, I, I didn't think we were too bad. To be honest, I thought we still had control of the game. I, I still thought we we weren't allowing them much possession, and when we did, we were wrestling it back off them pretty quickly there was the the free kick that we gave away that they took quickly that Hayes had a shot at and McGregor had a save a really good save to make can't think of too much else Ferguson got forward a few times actually skin uh, Zungu which was a really nice wee a nice wee turn that he'd done but other than that I didn't have any I didn't have any concerns as the game was going on I was following it on Twitter as well and people were getting nervy but I, I didn't feel the nerves today at all I, I was actually quite comfortable So full time comes and goes 2-1 Rangers Rangers win the game Scott this leaves us 22 points in front of Celtic at the moment also the time of recording it's Sunday night Celtic uh, have their postponed game against Hibs tomorrow they've got four games in hand but Right now, it was you that told me this, so I'm going to take your word for it. We only need 11 games to win the league mathematically. This is a, a great position to be in, and 
I don't think at this point, even though we haven't been a fluid best, I'm not I'm not wanting us to reinvent the wheel or change anything for Motherwell next week. No, no, definitely. Full full strength team. It's not a chance to to risk and play people to develop them. As harsh as that sounds, you know, we, we took a risk with Bassey at St Milne that didn't work, to be brutally honest. Um, he's been great up to then, but like we need to start, we need to keep playing full strength squad. We need to get these eleven games, you know, out of the way, tick them off, and then we can we can try and bring these people in. Like you, you see what's happened, you know, just down the road with Celtic. They've got somebody that needs to self isolate now with coronavirus. Like you, the, the point that I wanted to make as well. You've seen every single Rangers player doing an interview today and had a mask on. I mean, I don't know if that was a message about, you know, what's happened, but, you know, that shows we're serious about it. We don't want, we don't want to take any more chances. We've already had a warning with Jones and Edmondson, you know. So we just need to focus on the next games that comes, full strength and, you know, we should we should be fine and we should, we should see 55 effectively. <laughs> And as we've said time and time again, it is all about what we do. If we win 11 games, then we, we win the league. But on the other side of the city, Ian, um, if they can continue to just like, self-employed, that, that's a, a bonus <laughs> into the bargain. This was a fucking insane decision for them to go to Dubai, even if it was okayed by the, the SPFL or not. It was so distasteful. And I wonder what player will be this out, but... With this, um, you see the. I'm only going to mention it briefly because there's been a lot of talk on it on on Twitter and social media for both sets of fans. But the the usual media puppets are starting to come out with no one void the season. It's the only fair way. But these are the same guys that you know were adamant no one void would be an atrocity last year. What's your what's your thoughts on the kind of um, the politics that's going on now? Well, they set the precedent last year for the league being decided early. So you can't turn around and next season go, oh, no, we're going to not avoid it. So in my opinion, if they, they went with points per game last season, it's got to be points per game again this season. It was a daft decision to go away, eh? wasn't it? Like a global pandemic and you know Dubai's been pretty safe and they've got some of the strictest um, kind of setups in terms of like protecting people there. You see some of the pictures and they're just like all kicking about by the pool. Like, how is that social distancing or it, to take that risk when you know, like now what, what happens? We don't know. Like, it's not actually came out what's going to happen with a one player testing positive because if it's one player that's been away in Dubai, pretty, I'm pretty sure he's had contact with every player that's been there and every staff member. So will they be having to self-isolate and... You know, will the, the decision to go away come back and absolutely bite them in the arse? I hope so. But um, to be honest, I don't really care. Let's win our 11 games and win the league. Taking the, the football out of it, I think it's really offensive. I think it's a horrible thing to do. I think Aberdeen players get criticised roundly at the beginning of the season. Um, everyone knew, knew the rules. Everyone knew... Everyone knew how maybe maybe the Aberdeen players can get a little bit of leeway, but everyone knew at that point that you shouldn't be in bars, you shouldn't be isolating with people, and they still chose to do it, and they get so heavily criticised, and rightly so. 
But let's take the football out of it. To actually go and do that when the whole country's in a state it's in is really, really offensive. There's people that are really struggling, really, really struggling in this country. And for them to then see their idols by the pool having drinks, yeah, I, I find it hard to put into words just how offensive I found that. It really was a, a terrible decision that they have they decided to do it. And they can back it up by saying the joint response group um, gave it the okay and it was discussed with the SPFL and it was discussed with the SFA. It was the wrong thing to do. That was that was um, sanctioned in November and there were tighter, tighter guidelines brought in in December that everyone had to follow. The whole country's having to follow them and they should not be immune to it. I don't they should not be allowed to flaunt it. And it's, it's, it's actually just flaunting it in our faces. That was the thing that really, really frustrates us. I'd love to have a beer with my pal. I'd love to do it. It's not possible. I'd love to go and visit my ma. I'm not allowed to do it. It's just grossly, grossly offensive. No, you're right, Graham. That is, it's just irresponsible. And even if we get the, like, well, I don't want to move away from like, how offensive it is to like people up and down the country, but it's just fucking stupid for the for the Celtic board. Surely they knew nothing good could come with that, and hopefully this signals uh, like the start of the like the continuous stupid decisions uh, that they'll come and make, similar to how. <laughs> we were around the last eight years, you know, like AGMs and gazebos and stuff. Hopefully this just goes for joke to joke for them and we keep on the up. So last few bits of news to cover for the last week. Scott, the Kai Kennedy saga came to an end and he's finally signed a contract extension until 2023. As part of this deal, he'll go on loan to Race Rovers immediately after spending the first half of the season at Inverness Caledonian Crystal. So I think there's no doubt that we all rate Kai Kennedy as a player. It's good to see him out playing first team football. This for me, I, I think this is a chance for him to get out the the kind of front pages of the papers if you well, no quite front pages. <laughs> you know, he's not a fucking A lister. But like to get out the papers for the politics and he can hopefully start like creating news with on field antics. Definitely no. I, I I think it's been it's been hard for him because he's he's had a bit of criticism, whether that's deserved or not. It, who knows? But um, I always remember back to the the press conference that Gerard done. I think it was uh, when we done that French tournament where he really called him out. Went to he wants people who wants to be there. And I must say, if 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 he was calling out Kai Kennedy for that, fair play to him. He's he, he's pulled his socks up. He's went up on loan to Inverness. Not many as would pack to go to Inverness and loan. Like you're you're away from your your friends, your family, and, and everything. And he's from all aspects seems to have done all right. He's he's got a contract negotiation as well. So you know, I say actually, I actually like how we. He's been about it now. He's signed a contract. I think every time the papers see Kai Kennedy, they put Borussia Dortmund, Man City, Barcelona, and who he's linked with. Like, let's forget all about that. You're, you've not played a first, 
okay, you've played one first team game, one or two first team games, but let's forget about all that. You're you're not you're not you've not made it yet. You need to work hard to get into this Rangers team and I really like his attitude now. He's signed the contract and now the hard work begins. Can he be a first team player in the next one or two years? Really like it. I think it was telling as well in the statement that we released on the website. Well it was Ross Wilson who was saying he acknowledges he's been listening to bad advice. So it was it was no there was no sugarcoating of this um contract extension. They were acknowledging the fact that Kennedy hasn't been um maybe living up to the standards of a ranger. So they've actually acknowledged it and they've said, um, I'll just read it out, Kai, with the support of his family, acknowledged he had listened to wrong advice and Stephen and I admired his reflection, humility and maturity. So maybe it is just a, you know, maybe it needed that. It needed him to, as Scott was saying there, to, for the manager to have called that out at that French tournament to say, we don't accept this. This is not the standards we expect. And he's learned from it and he's been rewarded accordingly. Because that's where we, we want to see him, you know, eventually coming into the Rangers team because we all recognise how good a player he is or the potential he has. Ian, another player who is who was out in loan and going elsewhere is Josh McPake. He spent the first first half of the season on loan to Greenock Morton and he's now away to Harrogate. So two questions for you. Who the fuck are Harrogate and why is Josh McPake away there? <laughs> Harrogate are an English football team, that's as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know too much about them. I know like after you see it, you obviously have that wee quick uh, wee quick look at them, see where they are in the league and stuff. I think they're mid-table in League 2. Hopefully it means he'll play every week. I think this is an important loan for him because this is his third or fourth loan. I don't think he's had a big impact like we'd hope. And we've seen it before. Kelly had the impact at Air last year. Last year. Uh, Robbie McCrory at Livingston. We, we need to see McPake have that kind of impact this time, I think. Um, if he's going, if, if he's a player we're going to expect to see in the first, time at, the first team at some point. I think Kennedy's also had a good impact at Inverness. I don't know why, why he, he wouldn't stick with Inverness. I don't know what the deal is there. He wants to actually say this for personal reasons. Because of the whole COVID situation, he wants to be closer to his family. That was the reason given. Fair enough. But yeah, McPake, I, I, I want him to make an impact this time. I think if we're expecting these players to come through and make it into the first team at any point, they should be able to make an impact at League 2 in England. I think that's been a problem with Josh McPake's loan so far. So there is... There is a big expectation from Rangers to Josh McPake because of the way he's developed through the youth academies and how he's performed at number 19 and at the Colts level, but he's not done it for Dundee or Morton. He's, he's done slightly better for Morton this year, but he's not been a standout like they expect him. So I think you might be right. This is a, a chance for him to go and stand out at first team level because it's. I did see a picture of him and he's got big. Like he's, he looks so much bigger. Like he's really bulked out. Maybe that's what all he needed. Just time to fill out as well, and like hopefully, as I say, it, like it helps him make an impact. So the last bit of news: Scott Rangers were drawn against Cove Rangers in the Scottish Cup. That these ties will be played the last weekend in January. 
Cove Rangers have done really well so far this season. It looks as if they're in with a decent chance of getting promotion for League One. Obviously, put out uh, Alwa in the in the in the round before. Paul Hartley's a manager. That's a bit all and all for them. It shouldn't be an issue for us, surely. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, um, if we be honest, it's a, it's a chance to to rest a few players and you know give give the likes of similar to the Falkirk game. If we, we should treat it in the exact same standards, you know, like we've got Defoe who's not played in weeks. Um, Atten's not had a running games and Patterson we're waiting on this game to give him like the last game we gave him was in Europa League so I was really actually very happy it's a, it's a home tie as well so really happy with that and um, you know we can we can rotate the squad effectively and we can see the likes of you know people I mentioned in Zungu so yeah it's a, it's a good tie and one to get over Paul Hartley there <laughs> so before we finish up for this week, um, my favourite part of the show, Twitter part of the week, I listened back to last week's recording after some feedback and sorry, I, I didn't do that tweet justice last week, so apologies to all the listeners, I, I just didn't read it out properly, I sounded as if I was drowning in my own saliva, um, I'll try and do a bit better this week, so the Funniest thing I've seen this week, boys, um, after the the fallout of the old firm, there's a page on Twitter, Celtic Analytics, uh, I think uh, the tagline is Celtic Anon, and basically it was just offering every Rangers fan a square go, and it was offering to go and meet them in George Square or down the Dermarnock Bridge, and <laughs> like dozens and dozens of Rangers fans were just taking the piss out of them to the point that on the Monday... This guy actually went down to the Manor Bridge in the snow, expecting people to be there, and he's put up pictures of the Manor Bridge and in the background his fist, just saying, "Come on!" Like it was, oh, it's a grown man. It's a grown man walking down for square goes and then putting pictures up his fist. Fucking idiot! Yeah, that's the funniest thing I've seen um, the whole thread. Graham, what do you have for us this week? There was a tweet that actually came out today um, during the game and it was just after the red card and it was a Brian Glow, Brian underscore Glow saying Celtic fans are saying Aberdeen players should never have been sent off as I was covering it. What do you have for this? Yeah, so mine came out today as well and it was during the game and it was Celtic fans must be cheering Rangers on here. I mean, this should keep them in second spot and on course for a Champions League spot. We're doing them a favour here. <laughs> Last but not least, Scott, what do you have? So I've uh, it's a bit of an old school one, but uh, the Rangers had Yanis uh, Hadji out on the on the spot, so you can send in your questions to them. So we had a few belters coming from that. I always enjoy them. And then it said, um, if I ever catch you riding my wife, would you like sugar in your tea? Just, <laughs> just the, old, the old classic. And then, hypothetically speaking, <laughs> hypothetically speaking, if a male fan was to ask for a kiss, would you accept the offer, Anis? Anis? <laughs> so, um, really enjoyed that. <laughs> uh, I, I may go and look and see if uh, Hadji replied to it. <laughs> 
but that is us for this week. Thank you for listening. Please get in touch. Let us know what you think. Um, good, bad, and different. Happy for you tell us we talk shit every week, but just let us know what you're thinking, what you'd want to hear. Last thing you do is thank my three co-hosts, Scott Hodge. Thank you. Ian McCready. Thanks for having us. And Graham Curry. Cheers, guys. Thanks very much for listening. Take care. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 